That's not right with a special presentation. Hey everyone, uh, it's been a while since I've done a solo podcast and the truth is, um, yeah, it's been really hectic the last couple of weeks, just been burning the candle at both ends as some would say, uh, working, like doing a lot of overtime and doing all my other stuff as well and um, yeah, really haven't had time to do much else, but uh, I've got a podcast episode lined up for this weekend, hopefully it pans out. But um, until then, yeah, I thought I'd do a solo, just, yeah. I don't know why, I just feel like I'm not utilising the studio enough. I haven't set it up really. I haven't really set it up to do, um, actually, that's even a lie. It's it's set up. Um, we're moving going. Yeah, I was going to bring up some of the big, big shocking sort of developments in the last uh, couple of days. Uh, I mean, most importantly, Paul Stanley uh, pulling out of the uh, KISS <laughs> farewell tour. <laughs> I um, I got a call just as I was driving in from a distraught fan. <laughs> the KISS have pulled out from the farewell tour, their final farewell, you know, the, doing the crowded house. And um, they've pulled out because Paul Stanley's got the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I shouldn't laugh, it's actually funny though, like you think about it, and the money that people would have spent, you know, I mean, uh, my mate was telling me about how he's got so many friends that have, like, you know, tracked Kiss during their time in Australia, like the booking hotels interstate and tickets and all that sort of stuff, they're not going to get their money back, I mean, they'll get back the ticket sales, I guess, but um, yeah, you can't recoup Things like um, hotel rooms and thing and shit like that, unless you take Paul Stanley to <laughs> consumer affairs. But it's just funny, like the man's got the flu, so they just bail on the entire tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like gung ho, just it's weird. Like I've had, I bought tickets to Metallica, and that obviously got cancelled as well. I think in the last three, four years, maybe seventy-five percent of the tickets I've bought for concerts have all been um, cancelled either due to illness or um, criminal charges. <laughs> yeah, you can tell what kind of gigs I go to. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just <laughs> we had a good laugh about Paul Stanley. <laughs> I said, why don't you just send him a, a couple barrels of uh, I've Got Lemon or the Wog Soup. If <laughs> you ride as rain, the concert's back on. You <laughs> just literally rub his chest down with... Uh, the Wog Moonshine. <laughs> guys, guys doing cartwheels from the airport terminal to get to Rod Laver. Um, yeah, no. Honestly, <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh, something really irked me over the last couple of days, and um, I got sort of fired up. I was like, "Now nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a podcast." But um, I didn't really want to wait till Saturday because I didn't want to just drain it. I figured just tr- me draining myself. Would be um a better solution. Um, what was against? What was that talking about? Oh yeah, I saw a whole bunch of shit that over the last couple of days that really got me um looking at where we are in 2019. The first thing was um the fire situation. You've got um yeah the east coast just burning from uh, northern northern New South up into Queensland or wherever it is. Yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. You know, and there's the, all, all the outrage and, you know, blah, 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 and ScoMo's doing jack shit about it, except, you know, offering his 
thoughts and prayers. You know, denying climate change exists, but you know, thoughts and prayers is going to really help. But that wasn't the most disturbing part about that whole thing. That uh, there was this woman who came out. I think this was yesterday. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, no, no, it was yesterday. I'm, I don't know. Uh, her name's uh, Cheryl Moody. <laughs> you know, you know, old Cheryl. Uh, she's a woman's right activist, and uh, she sparked anger after warning. Here's some choice wording from news.com. Sparked anger after warning some firefighters. Uh, some after warning some firefighters who return home from the bushfire crisis in Queensland and New South Wales to beat their partners. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but um, it's actually really pathetic. Uh, <laughs> okay, so for anyone that um, anyone that doesn't know what this is all about, yeah, Cheryl Moody's an activist. A women's right activist. And uh, she came out basically saying that women become extremely unsafe when generally, uh, this is a quote, when generally met the men return home from the fires and subject them to domestic violence. Uh, she's, you know, she's, she's a journo, you know, um, basically. She's a founder of the Red Heart Campaign, which lets, domestic, uh, lets domestic violence victims and survivors share their stories. You know, creator of the Femicide Australia map. And she's doubled down, apparently, on her on comments on, on a facey post saying, you know, there's not one Aussie whose heart isn't going out to the country's emergency services crew, la, la, la. But what happens after some heroes go home? What happens when domestic violence perpetrators finish their work on the front line of a major crisis? They abuse the women in their lives harder than they ever have. <laughs> and she sort of tries to cover her ass by saying, let me be clear, I'm not saying every firefighter or emergency service responder or victim of this crisis is a perpetrator. However, those uh, who are in these roles and do perpetrate family abuse are more likely to attack their loved ones following nature, natural disasters. Uh, you know, we need to have these discussions in order to keep women safe. Instead of claims are backed by research conducted after the 2009 um, Black Saturday fires, Although the researcher herself said, told, uh, told like seven years that the study never made specific findings about fireys. <laughs> then the Greens distanced themselves from her comments. Like everyone's basically saying she's out of her fucking mind. Yeah, everyone, there's massive backlash and now she's apparently received death threats or whatever it is. And <laughs> I, I know I shouldn't be laughing, but if you see a photo of her, you'll understand exactly what we're sort of dealing with here. Um, as conceited as that may be, I really don't give a shit. She's got the nerve to come out in this time to say that of the fireys, there would be perpetrators in that group who are prone to domestic violence, and these fires are creating unsafe houses, unsafe places, basically, for the the women in these five fireys' lives. <laughs> because, you know, the PTSD of fighting the fires... That's going to send them in overdrive and just come home and, you know, <laughs> punch punch the fuck out of their partners. It makes no sense, the fact that she's actually got a platform at all to come out and say some shit like this. It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I, mean you, I, don't, I don't know which angle to start from, you know, the fact that we're not considering... 
you know, should some of these fires, like, what about the people that, you know, all the soldiers that go to war, men and women, fire, firefighters are actually one of the most, um, uh, underbalanced occupations out there. Um, yeah, like, it's like 3% women. I can't remember, I, I read a stat the other, uh, yesterday when I was reading about this sort of thing. It's like 3% women are fireys out there. And, um, they try, Australia's actually got a really proud history of, um, like, uh, pioneering, uh, like women in, in the firefighting, uh, services, emergency services. But even, even then, we're still very, um, underbalanced, uh, you know, underbalanced, outweighed, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But just the fact that, this is what she's come up with when half the country's fucking burning. The fires have come out saying, what are you out of your fucking mind? You know, we come home, we, we share our grief of like, you know, the front line and we want to hug and hold someone close, you know, at home. Like, what are you talking about? She's basically treating it as in, as in, you know, this is what our priority should be, which is fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's like any other job. You could be a server at a, at a Macca's <laughs> and, you know, you could be a woman serving at Macca's and get traumatized. <laughs> Someone throws a McFlurry in your face, come home and kick the shit out of your dog. <laughs> or, you know, how, how was your day at work, sweetheart? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. And the fact that the Greens and everyone else is sort of distancing themselves. But then I thought about it. I'm like, this actually made the paper, you know, it made the paper. And I was reading about, um, <laughs> was it in the same vein? Like, I don't know where I was actually going with all this. It was more of a, this is what we're focusing on. This is what we're giving light to. I saw someone's status on a WhatsApp thing the other day. Someone I don't speak to. I've seen, actually, I saw a few, I saw a few people share similar sentiments on WhatsApp, on Facey, saying some shit like, you know, let's, uh, put aside a prayer. You know, for uh, thought and prayer for all the animals that have been wiped out in the uh, in the in the inferno, and I actually it annoyed me on so many different fronts. Not because I'm a, I'm a sadist or you know I hate animals or anything, but to give a prayer to the animals that were lost in the fires. These fires, you know, they they strip through you know urban areas, rural areas. Animals live in, I mean, if they, to return to their natural state, animals don't naturally want to be in a shelter somewhere getting looked after by, you know, animal activists. They want to be out in the wild, yeah, until they're domesticated. But these animals, they can die. <laughs> like, they're allowed to die. It, it takes me back to that whole, you know, why can't we eat meat but animals can eat meat sort of argument. But that's not even the point. I'm, I'm really fucking rambling right now. The whole point <laughs> was... Let's share, let's, let's give it a thought and a prayer to very substantial, you know, with, uh, full effectiveness, completely effective, uh, strategies to the animals that have been lost. Never mind the people that have died. Yeah, they're, they're the last people we should be worrying about. But the animals that are generally outside and prone to, you know, natural selection and natural disasters like the rest of us, it's like, Wait, what the, what? <laughs> what the fuck are we focusing on, man? I, I don't know. And it wasn't just that. Like, drawing back on that, on that, uh, Cheryl. <laughs> that Christ Cheryl. There's always a Cheryl. Um, <laughs> a 
flick across and I've seen like two, three different articles written by uh, Nadia Bacotti. She's a teacher turned sex therapist, something. I don't know, yeah, 10, 15,000 followers on Instagram, usual shit. She's a resident sex therapist at news.com.au. And um, I remember reading an article, like, fucking by her. Yeah, I have to call it an article. It was an article because she's a writer and she was credited as a writer. Uh, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? I can't remember. It was something about... <laughs> something about asking 100 men on Tinder for sex straight up and seeing what the reaction was, you know, like a, like a, trying to flip the, the old switcheroo on all the guy, all the creepies, all the creeps that have, uh, DM'd dick pics to her and all that sort of shit. And she, so she set off doing an experiment, you know, and asking, hitting a hundred dudes up with the hard word straight off the bat. And she said roughly, you know, 70, 72, uh, guys responded immediately and said, you know, yeah, let's do it. 20, a couple said no. And then, you know, 20 or odd or whatever ghosted her, uh, didn't ghost her, just said, you know, just ignored her or whatever. So you're looking at a 75% strike rate, basically. Now, you want to whittle those numbers down to 10 men, and you ask them, you have a bird who seemingly has, you know, a few photos, you know, whatever, and just says, hey, let's do it. I don't even need photos. <laughs> Most men will just say, yeah, sweet. <laughs> and then she said once she put the hard word on them to try and organize something, they either ghosted her, backed out, made excuses, and then she sort of whittled it down to ask even further and say, oh, you know, what would, what's potentially holding you back from, you know, if I were to con- continue going through with this? I'm like, wait, wait. And then she said that she didn't actually get far enough to find out because Tinder, um, and Bumble or whatever else, uh, it's Bumble. I think it's called Bumble. Um, whatever else she, apps she had done this experiment on, uh, blocked her and she seemingly put it down to, um, yeah, apparently, her quote was, apparently, the only thing more suspicious than men saying no to no-strings-attached sex is a woman who actually wants it. See, that's a bit inaccurate. I wouldn't say that's the suspicious thing that got her booted from Tinder and Bumble. I think it'd be more the fact that randomly hitting a 100 men, instigating something, and then balking after they balk, because they, they seem something sus, she presses on and, and sort of throws it up as, you know, why, you know, what were you planning on doing, you know? How many would you actually show up if if I'd actually follow through with it? Well, how about you follow through with it? It's it's a, I don't know like where she's coming from regarding the whole thing. But I don't know the whole the whole point that I was trying to make was like <laughs> you're using Tinder and Bumble to what for as a social experiment? People use Tinder to get to find a route. <laughs> Now, if you approached a hundred guys in a club and hit them up with, do you want to fuck? You're probably going to get the same response. Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there was a lot more deep and there was a lot more deep sort of meaning to all this. I got sidetracked. I got a fucking phone call just now from some fucking, we refought, we redid all the codes in the building, in my building. I, I reprogrammed all these fobs for people. And um, people are starting to hit me. I got over the last 12 hours, I got all these calls from people saying my fob doesn't work, my pin code doesn't work. I went down and sussed it out. Codes work fine. Then I had one idiot come at me and say, the system doesn't work, blah, 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 blah. Can't handle the data. It's like, give me a fucking break, man. Like, you're a technician. 
I had this woman just call me up now and say, well, my, my pin code's not working, my fob's not working. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? So, I'm like, use your pin code. Well, it doesn't work. Did you use the hash? You know, did you, did you enter it properly? Yeah, it did. It doesn't work. I'm like, well, I did last, I used your code last night. It worked. Well, it's not working now. I'm like, all right, we'll hit the emergency. I go, well, what do you want me to do? I go, I'm at work, you know. So, well, that's, that's helpful. I'm like, <laughs> I go, well, you know, get, hit the emergency and get out. Like, what do you want me to say? Well, am I going to be able to get back in? I go, look, I don't know. Like, I'm not a tech, I go, I don't work for you. I don't work for the body corporate. It's not my fucking job. Like, I appreciate your understanding, but I have other responsibilities apart from you. She hung up. Then I found out someone texted me regarding it and said it's working. She was using her um the number of her fob as opposed to her actual pin code. <laughs> Geniuses. <laughs> but see, there's a thing. I mean, that's a woman. That's a woman, an angry woman, and I'm not pigeonholing her to represent all other fuckwits. Like, seriously. Anyway, the thing with Nadia Bakay, the thing that bothers me is this, right? Number one, you're using a Tinder app. Uh, you're using it, an app like Tinder, which is notorious for, you know, <laughs> date rape. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, like, yeah, hard and fast social experiment. Like, yeah, fair enough. I get it. You made your point. But then she made another, she brought out, um, she wrote another article. And it's, uh, it was called, this was a week ago. These were really sort of tip, ticked me off. And, um, yeah. <laughs> She says, the article's titled, What Women Wish Men Would Stop Doing in Bed. So she's, you know, she starts off the scene by, you know, describing a hookup with a dude, you know, he's, he's unbuttoning my blouse, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward six, uh, six minutes and he's rolling off me to go to sleep. You know, um, if you're a woman, I've literally had longer trips to the mailbox than the time it took this guy to ejaculate, blah, blah, blah. If you're a woman reading this, chances are you didn't need to imagine any of it. Here's the thing every female friend I have secretly acknowledges. Most men suck at sex. Anyway, so she goes on and, you know, she just basically describes the fact that she has, a, you know, thousands of friends that would all, you know, finish themselves off, you know, because the dudes are useless, but then the number of men who use her, you know, DM her and talk about how great they are in the sack, you know, blah, 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 just... Anyway... Then she starts saying, you know, if you think I'm saying this because I hate men, you're wrong. I love guys. I've been in a relationship with the past three years with a dude, blah, blah, blah. I'm a sex therapist, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, and then she says, you know, uh, she talks about wanting to destroy the stigma around the female sexual experience, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is guys have been shortchanged just as much as women when it comes to sex ed. And she basically uses it to say that, you know, the only reference point for everyone, every, all all dudes have is porn. And, you know, that she loves porn and uh, she's not demonizing it, but, you know, she's given seminars and written at length about, the, you know, what it, porn in the relationship does and la, la, la. But, you know, just basically saying that porn teaches men that women's orgasms come thick and fast and, you know, all that sort of shit. Anyway... Then she cites a public health England <laughs> research, you know, 42% of women are having crappy sex. Well, well done. You know, uh, I'm glad we would have had to go to... <laughs> yeah, so, like, seriously, man, the, the people who actually take the... Like, fuck, man, what a shock. Anyway, and 
going delving in this, you know, as someone, I'm just quoting her here, as someone who has women from all over the world open up to her about their sex lives, my guess is the numbers are a lot higher, many of these women are incredibly accomplished, confident people who are nailing it in every area of their lives, but then bankrupting themselves in the bedroom because, you know, women aren't taught about what sexual pleasure should look like either, and, you know, we don't know what to communicate, uh, how to communicate it across to, you know, their partners. But this is the kicker. She is, if you're ready for a truth bomb now, you know, here it is. Women don't enjoy being human masturbatory um, sleeves. We don't want to be ploughed like sex is a race, yada, yada, yada. You know, um, if it wouldn't be too much of an inconvenience for you and your impatient boner, a few minutes of foreplay wouldn't go astray. You know, and this isn't all to say women don't need to take any accountability, you know, um, if you want a mutually fulfilling sex life, you need to stop waiting for your partner to mind read you. You know, and it just goes into it and just says, you know, the sex up to this point hasn't been great, guys. And, you know, I'm the fact I'm telling you because I know for a fact you're capable of a whole lot better when you have the right information. And, yeah, it just, it pisses me off because she just paints a picture of the fact that all men, you know, all men are created equal. They're all the same, yeah, they're mindless drones who just want to plow like a fucking idiot and, you know, wear shit. You know, men are shit and women are are at fault for not expressing what they want better and that's that. It's like, you know what, man, hang on. Okay, this come, this come from, you know, the self-proclaimed sex therapist to the stars and, yeah, she's got her Insta page or a couple half-naked photos expressing her sexuality. Like, dude, I don't, I don't care. No one cares. Yeah, you get the fucking... If you're a woman, you could chalk up a million fucking likes on Instagram in about half a second if you really wanted to. Like, seriously, you're talking about getting attention from men now. Anyway, that's a whole other kettle of fish. I'm, I'm rambling. Really got sidetracked here. But anyway, my point is... <laughs> my point is is that she's, it's like she's talking for every woman and she's talking to every man. Dude, it does not work like that. Like, you'd know that. You know that. You just, I get it, like, you know, headlines and writing and blah, blah, blah. But this is straight from the horse's mouth. It just frustrates me, this fucking narrative that we're, that men are to blame for nearly everything. Yeah, I I don't get it. I really don't get it. And to, to come out swinging saying that the sex hasn't been the best, guys, and you, you're capable of so much more, but, you got to stop thinking. It's like, dude, you know, yeah, right. Teenage boys had porn. We all had porn. I get it. But, you know, it takes two to tango. I don't give a fuck how... The truth is, I don't care how confident a woman is in every element of her, of her career and her life and blah, 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 but she's being bankrupted, you know, in, in the bedroom. It's not... It doesn't always come down to who her partner is. What if the woman's a lesbian? She's going to blame another woman? <laughs> yeah, mind blown. Yeah... Women, like, seriously? <laughs> so, like, as a sex therapist, she, she would know that women's sexuality is one of the hardest things to unravel. Human sexuality is one of the hardest things to unravel and understand. A woman doesn't hit a sexual peak until she's, you know, well past her 20s and 30s. Why? Because chances are she's either been through all the, the experiences you can think of, or she's finally come to terms with her own sexuality and loses her inhibitions. Finally has trust you know, to a full degree, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of things. I'm not going to pigeonhole it down to one thing. You're talking about one... <laughs> I can't. I just feel like if that's what it takes to get an article written at news.com.au, seriously? 
these are the steamy headlines that are get, you know, getting the readers. I asked 100 guys to fuck me and 70 said yes. <laughs> wow. Scoop. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't actually know where I was going with this. Um, I lost my steam. Um, <laughs> like, it's just... It, actually, there's your narrative for today, man. How easy it is to get derailed. See? <laughs> I don't know. On this, um... I think... With all this, <laughs> I think it's just the overall narrative that men are at fault for everything, you know. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it, uh, it's not that clear cut. We're all people, that's what people forget. We're all people, and we're all fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like to, uh, you know what, well, I, I like quoting um, Camille, uh, what's her name? Camille uh, Paglia. She's a feminist who's, you know, male-centric at the same time. It's, it's, you know, I don't know all this shit. You know, old Simo likes uh, Camille Pagler. He got me onto her. But she had this quote. It was something about men having sacrificed... Um, hang on. Uh, men have sacrificed and crippled themselves physically and emotionally to feed, house, and protect women and children. None of their pain or achievement is registered in feminist rhetoric, which portrays men as oppressive and callous exploiters. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, why is there such an imbalance with firefighters, right? Why are there only 3% uh, women firefighters, you know, nation, uh, worldwide or whatever it is? Yeah, go ahead. Get the hose. Have fun. It, does, it doesn't happen. You know, women and children first. <laughs> Fucking evacuate. We're not always the oppressors. We're not always to blame, especially when it comes to something like sexuality. Yeah, it takes two to make a shit sexual experience, seriously. Yeah, there are men that are raised on the stereotype, you know, of women are subservient and, you know, it's sperm vessels and all that sort of shit and a couple pumps and you're done and all that sort of shit. But at the same time, men have got the same fucking hang-ups and insecurities, you know. And at the, at the same time, I could list off a fucking book of women who think that they're sex pots but have no fucking idea or think that, Playing to stereotypes is what makes them sexually appealing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fucking melting pot of crap, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not that simple, but it's just that overreaching arc, man, of like just misinformation, just swinging the agenda, man. Like, I don't get it. I don't, actually, I get it. I just don't like it. It pisses me off. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it is what it is. I mean, I've got a hundred experiences of my own, which may or may not fit, you know, Nadia Bacotti's fucking, you know, story, her arc, but it is what it is. We live different lives. I don't know, man. Like, I just don't like this fucking overall leaning to, you know, Men bad, women good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with all that, man. I've just rambled fucking half an hour and it really went nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm really tired. I need to go home. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, hopefully I can get another episode up off the ground this weekend. Um, thanks everyone that's been listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, you know, the last couple of guests have actually been suggest based on suggestions of other people. So everyone put forward who you want to actually appear. If you want to come down, shoot me a line. I'm happy to speak to anyone really. If you have something to bring forward, I should have done more to promote this thing, but I've just been really flat out, you know, with everything with work and just change, changing everything up. It's been a really crazy six months. And the last three, like the last quarter of 2019 is going to get really insane. Um, yeah, so I'm really relying on people to actually do the marketing for me, as selfish as that may be. Um, but yeah, I'm only cheating myself. I mean, I've got overheads to run this thing now. A lot of overheads. It's chewing up more money than I actually have. So I'm essentially running in red. But at this point, yeah, I don't care. I'm happy to have this place. I mean, end of the day, like, yeah, I've got two studios now, which is something I, th- I never thought I'd have. So that's pretty cool. Don't use them, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you know, keep tuning in, keep letting us know what you think, you know, suggestions, guests, anything, I, you know, whatever. You know how we roll. But I'm here. Take it easy. Hold up.